there's anything I can tell you, is that the best place to hide is in your mind. We are back for our first correspondence. I'm super excited. Um, uh, if, if you guys are new to our correspondence series, it's it's just me uh, on this episode. Sometimes Hannah does uh, an interview. Sometimes we'll, we'll tag team it. Um, Hannah doesn't play Dungeons & Dragons, so she wasn't particularly motivated to be here for this episode uh and that's fine she can have her dumb interests i have cool ones (laughs) um where i invite cool people on usually we talk about nerdy stuff um and today my guest is mason mostaller yes did i did i get it all right awesome yeah uh you can talk this is a podcast so it's usually oh, yeah, best yeah, no, if, I, if I want other, you to, to do your intro <laughs> the other person i know how much that. i love doing my intro <laughs> that's it that's my whole intro man um mason thank you so much for coming on to the show no i am absolutely honored to be here this is uh this is really cool for me to be talking to you so i mean oh, i'm excited yeah. um mason the the whole idea of what we do and, and for our listeners if, if you're not sure like our show is about books and authors and, and writers and stuff. Um, but more importantly, to me at least, our, our show is about getting into creators and, and people that have done something, created something that has inspired others. And so with that in mind, I wanted to continue that conversation with other people, just not just me and Hannah in the Echo Room talking about how terrible MR <laughs> James is, but uh, like to be able to get out and, and talk to other people. And, and one of the biggest things that I saw in uh, the lives of people who were really productive writers is they would write a lot of letters or correspondence with other people, uh, other writers, fans. Um, Lovecraft was was renowned for how many letters he would write to his fans. Um, I'm reading right now for uh, probably our first episode coming back um, about uh, Lewis and all the things that he would write to people. And, and so now we have all this evidence of like how he formed uh, the Narnia series. And so, yeah, it's really, really interesting to be able to go and learn about somebody through the way that they spoke to other people. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the whole point of this is I want to reach out to people and, and I've learned that I've made more friends through podcasting than I have anywhere else in life. And, and so I use that as a tool to try and reach out and make more friends and, and people who have similar interests. So all that to say, Mason, welcome to the show. Let's talk Thank about you so much. Yeah, let's talk about some nerdy stuff. Um, yes, Mason, tell our audience about about you. What do you do? Who are you? So uh, I am the dungeon master, or as we like to call me, the world weaver for uh, Crit Seekers. Um, we are a what was a Dungeons and Dragons um, fifth edition podcast that Mm -hmm. by the time of people listening to this will be a fully um, live stream on Twitch that I'm super excited about. Um, But that's, that's what I do. I do a lot of uh, writing for that and just um, co-creating with the other members of the show. And we've got a lot of big plans coming up for Mm -hmm. future content now that we are going to be streaming. So yeah, that opens up a whole nother Avenue, a whole new venue Mm -hmm. of like, things that you can produce and do and and create so that is a a huge stepping stone 
what was it took us a while to get here so i'm very excited (laughs) what was the what was the deciding factor what goal did you guys have to meet before you were like yeah let's let's do this stream well um the biggest thing was i mean this was kind of the plan all along we started uh with this idea about a little over two years ago um had had our like one year anniversary for the the podcast uh last august actually um but the whole goal for like moving it to a live stream um, was a money because we all at the time were working in coffee and there can be some really good days of money and coffee and mostly really bad days of money and coffee. All right. Um, and so that was like a big factor of it. But I think that we all had decided that like the money wasn't the, the hugest thing. We were all willing to, to get there when we needed to. It was that we wanted to get to a point where we knew that there were actually people listening. Um, because while this was a huge, you know, passion project for all of us, we all didn't want to like dive too deep in um, and then end up with no one watching what we were doing. Right. So we kind of just wanted to dip our feet in and do the podcast for that first little bit, see if anybody was interested in it. And if so, go for it. And so that finally happened for us. Uh, I think we finally bought all of our equipment um, at the end of November of last year. Okay. Like the cameras and whatnot. Oh, okay, yeah. So you guys, you guys kind of saved up, bought it, and now it's it's been a couple months. I know I did watch your guys's uh, test camera test on on Twitch uh, for just a yes. couple seconds just to see what it's going to look like, and it looks good, man. It looks like you guys got some quality equipment there. Yeah, thank you. We were super surprised. Um, the whole plan was to like, so we took our break from the podcast uh, at the beginning of December for holidays and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we're like, we're going to spend this month. We're still going to meet up every week like we would and just get everything set up. And then we'll do like, you know, four or five test streams, depending on how long it takes us to get everything going. Cause we knew that equipment is just uh, finicky. Yeah. And that first test stream, we had uh, our little discord group of friends from across the country, just hop in and it went so much better than we expected. And we were blown away that everything worked. So yeah. um, it kind of pushed our time frame up a little bit. So we'll be starting here. Uh, we're going to do one more test stream and then, we're going for it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm so glad yeah. that it's working out for you guys. Cause it could go, yeah, thank you. It could be going the opposite way, you know, of like, exactly. you know, yeah, we expected to start in February, but at this point it's looking like June because we just can't mm-hmm. get this stuff to work. And, you know, we need this one piece of equipment that's keeping the whole production from, from, yeah. uh, going. So that's awesome. And dude, I just want to say, I love your guys' show so much. Thank you so um, much. <laughs> if you if if you guys are interested in in a D and D podcast, uh, Crit Seekers is at the top of my list. It's it's you guys and Dungeons and Daddies for me right now. Um, I mean, I've got <laughs> I've got a lot of shows. I, uh, Fables of Refuge. I listen to obviously Critical Role. I listen to uh, Monster of the Week. It's not a Dungeon uh, and Dragon show, but it's still like up there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had been following you guys for a bit and I hate listening to shows when they're like coming out progressively. Yeah. Like I'm a binger. I have to focus on one show for at least five or seven episodes. So, um, I was like, okay, I followed you guys and then I waited and then I just got, you know, all kinds of stuff. I listened to a ton of audiobooks, So I, you know, I have to mm-hmm. deal with 
you know, shifting between music, audiobooks, and podcasts. And uh, you guys got to like 10, nine or 10 episodes. I was like, oh shit, I can finally listen now. So uh, <laughs> I, I jumped on and um, you guys helped me get through inventory week in my, at my work. Very nice. Uh, where we have to catalog all of our, uh, all of our tools of the trade. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys helped me get through that week. It was great. Um, I now, whenever I walk into the back stock room, I think of you guys. Um, <laughs> that's how my my that brain works. Makes me feel really cool. Like truly, I I mean, we're all, we're still you know, even though we've been in a year, this is still relatively new to us. <laughs> and I am a very big critic of myself, and so like when I hear somebody who's enjoying it, it's still kind of surreal to me. So yeah. it, it really, it means a lot. Like seriously, that, that is so cool. Um, I'm so glad you've been enjoying it. Cause it's, it's a, uh, it's a passion project for me. I just, I'm, I'm hoping to bring people along that journey. So hearing people who have, yeah, it means the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you guys have such good, like, um, I, I love the commitment to your guys' uh, characters <laughs> that you do. Um, I can't, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who plays who, um, but um, like at first, so like you've got a guy who has kind, I don't, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It kind of sounds like a Mexican accent to me a little bit. And, and I don't know, again, I know he's a hobgoblin in the game. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know what choice that was, but, and at first I was like, oh, that's, that's a little grating. Um, I'm going to have to get past that. But then as you listen, like he uses it really well, like he does a really good job with it. And he commits to it, right? So it'd be one yeah. thing if he was just like, yeah, I do this voice for like two sentences and then let's just, eat. we all know it's annoying, so let me continue just talking regularly. No, he commits mm-hmm. to it and then he does a really good job of that of that character through that voice. Um, so yeah, I, so that's, uh, it's Randall and he, he plays Tail um, and I don't even remember how that voice came about. Um, when we started the campaign, I was like, I don't expect you guys to have accents, but like, if you want to, like, please go for it. Cause I'm going to be doing too many that are yeah. going to be really bad. <laughs> um, so I want to not be alone in that. Uh, and he just kind of came out with that, that voice. And I thought the same thing at the beginning, I was a little worried. Yeah. Um, and we went on with the campaign and, and the, um, what's the right way to say this? Like the, the volumes that he can get to with that voice. Um, I mean, he goes from being like this goofy carefree character to something serious happens and he can take that voice to that serious emotional yeah. place. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how he does it because I have such a hard time doing that with like silly voices. Right. Um, but he really does embody that voice and that character. And I'm, you know, I love that he does it the way he does. Yeah. He does a great job. Um, when you when you start the show, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more. When you start the show, you're you're coming in at a point where it's it's there's been a lot of backstory already built mm-hmm. from um, what you guys are doing before on the show. And, and again, I, I'll touch on that in a moment. Um, but when you come in, um, almost I think it's the second or third episode in to your guys' series. Now uh, you have a player leave, and yeah. that was heartbreaking. I mean, like it was, it was hard to listen to because it was so sad. And and your mm-hmm. players did such a good job of of expressing that emotion in that moment. Like it felt real. Yeah, I I am I I tell them this, and I tell myself this constantly. And anybody I talk to about D and feel like one of the luckiest DMs um, 
because I, I have this group that is willing to embody their characters, but also to, to role play with each other and go to those places of um, emotional just situations that, that I, I haven't seen in any of the games that I've played other than watching Critical Role, yeah. um, which is a big inspiration for a couple of us. So I, I love that they do what they do. And that episode was, uh, you saw not only like their characters' emotions, but our, our emotions as friends. Yeah. Cause you know, we lost one of our, our best friends from that table. He, he had some stuff come up and was, was moving. He had right. to, to move out to Colorado and it just, um, fit perfectly uh with exiting his character based on his character's backstory and it all just fell into place and i i mean just thinking about it like i get kind of teary-eyed because i put myself in that moment where i'm sitting behind the dm screen watching these guys say goodbye to their friend in and out of game yeah and it was just it was amazing they blew me away that day yeah i'd still think about that I think that that was the moment listening to that was the moment where I I realized that this is a good show. You know, like I'll give a show a few episodes to make sure like, okay, sometimes it just takes a while for people to get under their feet, you know, get, get their feet underneath them. Um, and, and you, you did a good job even in the first episode of running that puzzle with, uh, the, the columns and them having to do magic in the specific magic and i was like dude that's great i love that um, <laughs> thank you and so i was already like oh, okay so the dm is good now we need now i need to know these these players are good and that was the moment that i realized that and it kind of synced it in of like okay they commit they don't make a joke out of everything you know they can be serious and and that's that's a big one for me i love having fun at the table and mm-hmm. and when we release um by by the time people are listening to this episode i will have released my my show um and my my D show and on that people are gonna see like we we fucking joke around about everything but there's gonna be times where i'm gonna try and pull it down into a somber moment and so like I respect that your table can do that so well. Yeah, I'm super excited to see your show, by the way. Like, you you mentioned that, and I was like, I'm already loving Between Lewis and Lovecraft, so I can only imagine that you're going to do super amazing things with this D&D show, so I'm the very excited for that. The accents do not get better is the problem. I, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> They're just as bad on the Players Guild as they are on Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Um... <laughs> But the but yeah I, I I can see now you know we've recorded uh, material for at least ten episodes at this point mm-hmm. and um and we're listening back through like the first four of them and I'm the one that's taking these episodes and kind of melting them down right into yeah. what they're gonna be and I'm listening to myself and I'm like oh God who, why does anybody ever listen to anything I ever say this is terrible. That was the hardest thing for me because I I do all the editing as well, yeah. um, and and pulling those episodes back up and listening to myself do voices, um, it was rough. And and for our very first episodes, which um, I I'm I'm sure you haven't quite gotten to because they're they're a lot. Um, yeah. Which is why we kind of like relaunched um, right. and took a different approach to everything because we were doing like four five hour podcast episodes, which no one wanted to sit down and listen to yeah for you were going the critical hours. role the critical role style where it's just like everything yeah. is on the table mm-hmm. and so like listening to those first few episodes of me you know i i, I had a lot of the 
catching myself saying um and oh, like God. a yeah. lot yeah and it's so hard and like i even listen to you know matt mercer even still does that to this day like i'll, I'll catch him saying like like six times in a row mm-hmm. and i'm like okay it's not it's not just me but listening to me do it is painful <laughs> sure <laughs> so. but but part of that is the process of getting better right i had yeah. i had this existential meltdown back in september or october after reading dune Right. And as a writer, I realized how shitty I was because I was reading (laughs) Frank Herbert and and he's so good. But that propelled me to get better. I didn't I didn't take that and go, oh, I guess I'm never going to be a good writer. I went, no, you know what? Now I need to be more intentional about writing and I need to actively work on a better voice. And that's, I think, what a lot of DMs can do at the same time when they start these shows where you are listening to yourself because you don't realize just when you're playing with friends, oh, I say um a lot or like. Yeah. Or my editor, Cameron, just told me, you know, you say kind of like three times in a row, like kind of <laughs> like this, kind of like it's kind of like, you know, and so, you know, yeah. you use words that you're familiar with. And and when you go back and listen to yourself, you're forcing yourself to to basically proofread. Right. Yeah. And and go, OK, I need to start getting better at not saying um. And so you become more mm-hmm. intentional about it and you work on on that as as a DM and a podcaster. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that I think that helped me a ton. And, and even, you know, like with your your uh, example of reading Dune, like um, experiencing those those moments where they give you that existential crisis of like, I could be better and I could I could, mm-hmm. you know, write, you know, learn to write things in this way or in a dm standpoint like i'll I'll touch on it just for a split second because so many people have and it's just it's been over talked at this point but the matt mercer effect Mm -hmm. um i see it the opposite way because he and everything he does has inspired me to do better yeah um and it gives me that uh that ability to 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 see the way that he does it and the way that he engages his players and go okay i'm gonna take some notes here's some things that i could do better at engaging my players and, and explaining the scene or setting things up or giving them the visual that will actually make them see this in their head. Right. Um, so I That's, think that, yeah. that works the same way with writing. Yeah. I agree with you completely. And, and it would be like saying, um, you know, the Matt Mercer effect. It's it's like saying, oh, that's like the Patrick Rothfuss effect on fantasy. Yeah, it's like exactly. You mean he did a good job and he's making people yeah. want to be better at it? Yeah, that's. <laughs> terrible that that's happening (laughs) how dare he (laughs) that sucks that people are raising their standards um yeah so i I agree with you completely and and i think there's there's room to be said of like everybody's gonna do their thing differently um i love matt mercer but i'm so much happier watching brandon lee mulligan on dimension 20 to me he's a way more entertaining dm I don't know if you've yeah. have you watched him? I have seen some of his, yeah. Dude. I I literally fell in love with him. Like like man crushing hard on this guy because <laughs> I was watching him play D and D. And um and that's who really who I'm trying to be emulate as a as a DM is is an improver, is a yes ander, and somebody who uh I I think I heard it for the first time on Monster Hour where uh their keeper, Quinn 
he said, you know, I'm a fan of your guys' characters. I want to see them succeed. And I love yeah. that phrase so much. I don't know if he came up with it or if it was somebody <laughs> else that he took it from. Either way, I'm giving him credit. Um, and, you know, just being able to say, like, I'm a fan of your guys' characters. I don't want them to die. But if they're going to die, do it really well so that everyone remembers your death. If you're going to succeed at something, I need to set it up so that your success is major and not just like, oh, yeah, you chopped that troll's head off. Like, no, everyone's down. You're all that's left. You got to do this now. And then your success is is better. You know, I completely agree with that. Um, Yeah. Investing in. Being invested in your players' characters, I think, is a big thing, because I know I've heard so many of those horror stories of DMs that are like, I'm out to kill everybody. My players aren't going to make it past session three. Like, yeah. Like Gary motherfucking Gygax creating (laughs) the impossible uh, dungeon that nobody can succeed at. Yeah, (laughs) exactly like that. Uh, I'm wholeheartedly with you. I'm behind you on that. Yeah. Um, so tell me something that I, I've been wondering this. You, the first episode of Crit Seekers that's out on available as a podcast, mm-hmm. you spend um, the first you, kind of the pre episode. It's, it's, you know, kind of a primer for yeah. the rest of the show. And that thing is like, it was like, what was it, 10, 15 minutes long of you just it's doing that? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I have a question for you, Mason. Where the fuck? is the book where we can just read all this <laughs> just oh, write man. all of it and, and so that's been uh in it's been talked about um when we had like started the podcast in general like way back the very first episode um we had already done uh 13 episodes before that because long story short um we we had been really wanting to play D D. we had we had done a first campaign together it uh it was really fun and we were like hey we, we had a good time maybe people would like to listen to this so we should live stream it and then we learned how expensive that was and yeah. so we were like okay maybe we'll just <laughs> podcast for the first little bit and it just was taking a while for us to gather the funds for that and no one wanted to wait so we were like okay we're just gonna start playing mm-hmm. and whenever we start podcasting we'll just do a recap of what we've done and uh, Danny at the table had floated the idea of uh, transcribing everything from those episodes. And she had started doing it. So our first, I think she did the first three episodes um, that we ever did. Because um, we recorded those on a Yeti mic, but I have copyrighted music all over that. So oh, we can no. never post them, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So she transcribed those first three episodes um, and then uh, went back to school. And so it kind of became a bit of a task that didn't happen. Mm. But it is still on our radar. It's something that we really want to do when we can eventually launch a website is transcribe um, or at least, uh, like you said, write an actual story of what has happened. Like mm-hmm. a, um, a visual, instead of having to listen to it, you can go in, you know, read the synopsis of what happened. Um, which I had kind of already written for that recorded session. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was all me. I like I wrote wrote all that and recorded it. It took forever. There's like a million outtakes on my computer of me like <laughs> mid line on something and and just screwing up the line and just like screaming into my mic or storming off. You can hear me like run off into the distance, just mad because it yeah. took me like three hours to record that twenty minutes. 
Dude, uh, I, I get that 100% yeah. uh, on on my news show. I mean, there I don't think that there's any um, episode that I have to record the news for mm-hmm. that I don't freak out because <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this news. I'm reading somebody else's writing, you know, f- usually fresh. I usually don't pre-read it. Um, and so I'm just reading it. And, and I get so irritated because I'm like, dude, all you have to do is read what's on the screen. And I <laughs> yep. add words or I'll miss words or I'll start reading it in a way that it's it's written differently than how my the you know my voice is going with it. And mm-hmm. so I just get, dude, I, I lose my mind. So um, some people have it. I don't. <laughs> Same. I'm with you there. I've listened to people read, and uh, the guy that comes in to read our news generally, uh, James, he has a voice like I, I, I don't even know a, an angel, but it's like better than an angel. <laughs> it's it's like listening to brown sugar, <laughs> like Ooh. just just for your ears, though. That's how. That's what I. It's kind of warm that was, and that's perfect. I already yeah. get the visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I've made him read on uh, Lewis and Lovecraft's uh, the Halloween episodes. He's read a couple stories on there. So if you've listened to those episodes, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm almost. I'm getting there. I've been listening at work because um, I have a job that lets me do that, which is great. Yeah, um, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm excited. Now I'm even more excited to hear this brown sugar uh, in my ears. <laughs> it's going to be great. I don't know how he'd feel about me calling him brown sugar. <laughs> it's great, though. Uh, just don't tell him. Don't tell him to listen to this episode. It'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know if he <laughs> listens to the show at all. I, I make him, I'll make him read whatever I want, basically. He comes in to read for the news, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, also, I have this thing for Lewis and Lovecraft. I need you to read it. Yeah, all right. Cool. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, so you were talking about uh, before when you had started. Um, let's let's dig into that just a little bit because yeah. that's that from from when I've talked to people, a lot of people they want to start something, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's a podcast or a book or um, going back to school, whatever it is. It's always a moment where you need to make the decision to do it, and then you just need to fucking do it um what was that moment for you guys really um starting starting to this podcast what was that catalyst so um like i briefly mentioned we we had the thought we wanted to do it from the get-go with our second campaign and things just weren't kind of working out um and the the moment uh, i think for all of us that kind of decided we need to stop playing right now, order the equipment and start recording because this is too good. Um, in one of the last sessions we played before we ordered our equipment, um, Randall's character, Tail, actually uh, died. And oh, I, no. I think I might have mentioned that in the recap. I can't quite remember if I mentioned that or not. We might have tried to stick more to like recent events. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was towards the beginning of our campaign. I think it was like 11 episodes or 11 sessions into the campaign. Um, they were going against uh, a boss for that story arc, and I had not planned it to be serious. What what ended up happening is the boss kept rolling natural 20s on oh his stealth goodness. checks, and they could not find him, and he was an assassin stat block and kept getting sneak attack damage. Yeah. Um, so he ended up putting an arrow through Tail's throat, and at the time, Tail had been uh, disguising himself as a human. Um, mm-hmm. No one knew he was a hobgoblin. He had some um, illusion that had been cast on him. 
and we it, this was the first time that i ever had to like completely think on my feet i had not in any world <laughs> planned on a character dying in session 11 yeah you know i was like this is fine and so he died and i remember that look at him at the table because he's like i was like oh it does 42 damage and he said my health is 41 with like with what i have left and my whole hit point total yeah so it was by one hit point that it completely oh, killed him no you went negative. and i remember my brain just shutting down and then it like <laughs> there was that brief moment where i just stared at the table and then 10 seconds later it kicked on and i was like pulling up just somber music um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i've just improved this whole uh scene where they they were able to get him to a cleric within the city they were luckily in a city um and i you know i had a cleric available that was able to resurrect him and yeah. so i i had them do kind of the the matt mercer style where i i like doing the resurrection rituals yeah kind of a um, skill check for resurrection yeah exactly and so they did that and that was the first time where they all like the emotion that came out of it um it was insane you know katrina who plays nimue she's just she blows me away on the range she can go mm. with like being super happy and this giggly person to the most somber and emotional character and she makes me cry at the table constantly <laughs> and so she did that and then danny's character had a little presentation that same thing and then ben who was the one who left in our second episode uh, that you listened to played mm -hmm. dewitt he was a bard he played this silly upbeat song that like completely shifted the emotion to like yeah. from being sad and crying to like happy and like wow that was really touching even though it was hilarious right and they they brought him back and we had this session and it was after that session that we were all sitting there in like the aftermath of this and we were like we can't we can't record another episode like we have to or we can't play another session Without we have recording. to wait yeah. till we can record this because that was just like it blew me away and i was like i don't want to i don't want to keep playing until we can show other people what you guys can do yeah, because man. that was something that was amazing yeah so it that was that was the catalyst and we we played a, a little Friday the 13th session after that where I just like messed with them and had like a little joke session because we they wanted to play and while we waited for our equipment to get here and then it got here and we we set up and our first episode ever was the aftermath of them like recovering from that fight which in hindsight was a really shitty first episode to jump in on because it was all just downtime sure and it was four hours of them just sitting around a city so yeah. it was a really bad first episode but yeah it's hard to it's hard to hit that beat of like uh yeah of like you don't want to just be like okay we're a combat show so the first episode is all combat but you yeah you don't want to sit around doing nothing for you know an hour two hours or whatever so uh, that's something that I've been I, – I think that doing it as a podcast, playing as a podcast has really helped me start to dissect how I run a, uh, in a session, right? Like, yeah. you know, how how long do I want everything to be? How do I want to push um, them into the next situation or let something run? I'm still not quite there. I'm still, like, in that nebulous state of, okay, I see it. I know that I need to do better at it. Um, I just need to start doing it more, um, more intentionally. So, yeah. Um, well, so, 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, for, from me, I can say that even we're, you know, we're over a little over a year of doing this, and I'm still not there. I still <laughs> find things constantly each episode that I'm like, okay, I could have done this a little bit better. I could have, you know, uh, explained this situation or or ran the timing of this this thing happening just a little bit better to to set the pacing for the show. And it's I think that's going to be a constant learning process always. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> so So let me ask you this. Uh you you talked about your equipment a couple of times. I'm genuinely interested to hear what you use because um I'm always dealing with something, right? As as a podcast producer, I'm I'm mm-hmm. figuring my way out. Um, a lot of people would think that that's wrong. That I need to have a degree and and an audio engineer, and I need to know everything. But you know what? At the end of the day, I just decided I'm going to do this, and so I started doing it. And along the way, yeah. I've started to be able to produce better and better quality things. Um, you guys, I'm listening to your show. And you're all sitting around one table, right? Yeah. Yep. And and how, 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 Mason, <laughs> how are you able to record all of your guys' voices and not get, like, you know, echo, not get other people's voices in somebody else's mic? Like, what, what are you doing, man? Okay, so... Th- <laughs> this is going to be blasphemy to some people who are do have degrees in audio engineering and do this stuff for a living because I came at it the same way you did. I knew nothing. None of us had any experience. We were like, we'll learn as we go, uh, which, you know, was a lot. Um, but we so we have a uh, Tascam 16 by 8 interface. Okay. Um, it's it's basically a mixer and an interface all in one. Yeah. Um, that that was the most expensive part of our equipment. Uh, it, it runs like the the ASIO um, audio basically. Yeah. And so the mics that we got, um, we decided to go cheap for the beginning. So we were like, we can upgrade once we get to that point. You know, if people are listening and liking it, like we'll put more money into it, get better mics. Um, and I I can't even remember the brand of our mics because they're they're kind of the, cheap they were like 30 ones? bucks a piece yeah yeah and they're they're just um normal uh what are they're the, the normal dynamic mics like mm-hmm. that you would use like the, theater kit you know i used these in high school when i was a theater kid like those cheap the school are like yeah they're gonna break them so let's just buy these <laughs> shitty mics you know um, those are actually and that's pretty what robust. we got because we could buy uh nine of them it, you know there were three packs and and we had uh at the beginning of the campaign we had we had nine people at the table nine uh, myself people. included yeah it was a lot um that's something that we can talk about after i, I give you this because it was a lot <laughs> yeah. um but uh so we bought nine of these mics um and the obviously the the task cam we we got the the largest uh th- the thing that we could put the most amount of microphone inputs into and we went with it and we luckily had uh one of the uh player's siblings is uh he does a lot of teaching and he is a um what is his title he basically does animation okay um and so he has all the adobe suite and he's like you can use my adobe audition um it's a good program and so on top of learning audio equipment i had to learn how to use adobe audition which i had never done audio editing or mixing or anything and luckily i had another friend um bryce i'll call his name out and john was the friend who gave us a, a 
audition. I love you both. So if you listen to this, just know you are the only ones who made the podcast <laughs> you guys are the go the way that it did. Of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bryce is a he's a big musician. He knows a ton about audio engineering. And so there was it was before our first episode released. I was on there and I was like pulling my hair because it it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, there were still like slight echoes or like the mics were picking up something. And so I called him and he had me stream my computer screen and he walked me through the settings and taught me about them of mm. what I needed to do for each microphone. And we walked through each person, you know, adjusted their settings accordingly and then made presets for them. Yeah. And, and that was, that was how it happened. I mean, I, I, it's blasphemy to people who have done this forever because I still barely have any know-how. Like I know what I'm doing, um, adjusting each person's mic individually, which has paid off for the live stream. Um, cause I kind of knew what I was doing there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was all just a, a lot of like luck. Yeah. Literally just, and just luck the right and, people. and the microphones. Yeah. yeah. The um, microphones we'd been looking in buy into buying AT, uh, 2020s. Yeah. Um, and decided against it because after talking to some people we realized that those were going to cause a lot more feedback issues with us all being around the same table right and the dynamic mics were absolutely perfect because they're only picking up what's coming into them right and you're gonna hear us a lot on the podcast saying eat your mic because that's kind of just the phrase that we adopted gotta because get we had to learn yeah. Yeah. yeah we had to learn to eat our mics because it just was the only thing that made yeah. our audio sound the way that it did and i'm so grateful that we bought those cheap shitty mics because yeah. they have saved our life with how we have the setup um what i think i think it would be it was it would be a bit of a bland episode if you and i just spent the next half hour talking uh audio equipment audio and stuff, streaming yeah. equipment. <laughs> um, maybe if, if people are very interested in, in how you guys do your stuff, I'm, I'm more than happy to bring you back on. If you're interested in coming on, people just got to oh, let us sure. know that that's what they want to listen to. Um, I will probably personally, after we're done here, you know, in the next however yeah, time, yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to be hitting you up a lot for like <laughs> for some tips because I do just even just so I know how to do it. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not necessarily saying Players Guild is going to start doing uh, a live stream. If it comes down to that, we will. But that's not the goal at the moment. The goal is just to get the fucking show out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I totally get that. So, uh, but, but just being able to know, like, how do you guys do that so that I can see how I can replicate it? Or, you know, if, if I can figure out, because I do have a degree in film and media, but it was a, mm -hmm. it was an old film and media. It was back when you use tapes, DV <laughs> tapes and, and shit. Like I was exactly. right, right on the edge of when digital technology was taking over but the school that I went to didn't want didn't want to teach us that as much. So we were using old school digital uh, editing programs that were just so bad. Um, so like, I love learning this stuff so that I can see what I can what I can just do in general. And as a guy who owns a podcast studio who wants to be able to offer that service to other people, I w I want to know what you know. So that I can see what I can do with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm more than happy to share that with you. Or I mean, if anyone is interested in that, I'm more than happy to come back on and and spout all the bullshit that I have learned. Just I I don't even know what I'm doing half the time, but <laughs> I know that I'm doing something. So but, I'm and, happy to spread that. But it's even that like that point that you made of like you had someone come alongside you and mm -hmm. and and basically mentor you into the process of like look this is this is kind of how it's done. This is a little trick here and. And 
I think it's important for even where where you and I are now because we started uh, just a year or so ago with Lewis and Lovecraft and yeah and in that process I've gotten better as a as a producer and and so being able to offer that to other people who are starting out I w- I would love to sit down if someone were to be like hey Tyler how do I do this. I would probably talk too much. They'd be like, "Oh shit, I don't, <laughs> I don't need this." Yeah, I'm gonna go find someone else. Uh, so I just, I yeah. love that 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 pursuit of knowledge and 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 kind of pushing that on. Definitely. Um, but I've made notes. Task game six by sixteen by eight. It's good to know. Um, mm-hmm. And we we for the studio, we just ordered a couple of shotgun mics. I'm excited to test those Ooh. out because I know yeah. that that's what they use on Critical Role set. Is they yeah, they just dream like dream mics? Yeah, <laughs> just flood flood those seats with a, a field of shotgun mics and mm-hmm. and pick up only what they want to pick up. Yeah, one day when we're a huge stream and everybody loves us and we can afford it. Ooh, well, but maybe. I think <laughs> so. Like we we bought the studio. Uh, I bought one for myself. And then I bought one for my business partner because he goes to uh, he goes to public spaces to catch, um, you know, like like uh, just things, just anything that happens in Canby. And I always editing. We always have to hear him, the person up on stage and then everybody between him. Right. Yeah. Like and that's what he's picking up. So if I get him that shotgun mic, there's a chance that if we can get it up high enough and aim it directly at the person on stage. We don't have to hear anything but that person, and we might end up with better quality audio than anybody else in that area, right? So I'm exactly. like, that's so. Just having it for him is important, and then using that time to, I'll get myself one and see how it turns out, right? And and so like for you guys, if if you guys are interested, it's always good, you know, just start piecemealing it together. Get one for yourself, see how it works with you, and then mm-hmm. everybody else is on the old thing. Because you're the DM, you're the most important person at the table, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I'll be hitting you up on uh, your experiences with it. Once you test out a little bit, I want to know how it all goes. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about um, let's talk about books. Let's talk about literature yeah. and, and fantasy. And, and, I mean, it doesn't have to be fantasy. Um, you are a dungeon master, which means you've done at least a little bit of reading. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Um, One or two books. Yeah. What <laughs> what uh what do you dive into? What's your go-to for reading uh, material? I'm super big on fantasy and sci-fi. All right. Um I I branch out, you know, occasionally and um I guess by that I mean maybe once or twice I've branched out. <laughs> uh it's I, I think I'm just very drawn to other stories. And, and you and I talked about this individually just over a message. But, like, you know, I'm super drawn to, like, video games and TV mm-hmm. and stuff because of those genres and the stories that writers tell through them. Um, there's just something about fantasy worlds and sci-fi and things that, like, believing in a world that might exist beyond our own is yeah. super big to me. I, I, I adore those storylines so I've, I've grown up doing fantasy i mean the first books i ever read were like the the star wars i think they were like jedi apprentice uh novels <laughs> that like all right yeah i i breezed through those as a kid and that was like my intro to uh sci-fi and i just loved reading you know i was maybe like six when i started reading those and then that was what just catapulted me into reading sci-fi 
and then fantasy novels came you know eventually as well and lord of the rings i think was was while i was in elementary school i read those three for book reports and i'm sorry you said you read lord of the rings in elementary school i did and i didn't understand a lot of it but it still was amazing (laughs) to me yeah Yeah. man you uh i'd all right (laughs) <laughs> I'm I don't know still how working I did through fucking Lord of the Rings, man. I'm 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read a little. I've started it uh, recently again, and I had to put it down because I, I something came out for another series that I was reading, and I couldn't not read that. Sure. Uh, but I like started reading it again, and was like, "How in the hell did I read this in elementary school?" <laughs> yeah, like man. what? <laughs> uh, I I was a lot smarter as a kid back then. Uh, not now. <laughs> you you grew. You're Benjamin Buttoning. Uh, yeah. with your intelligence i get exactly. it exactly yeah i'm probably i'm not the same way i was dumb as a kid i'm dumb now that's how it is you're not i've listened to your podcast you're not dumb you no hannah back. just makes me sound <laughs> a lot smarter than i am see that's what people you don't both understand. are very intelligent and mm. i adore listening to you because it makes me go wow i'm an idiot <laughs> dude no come on Seriously, i don't know though, literature <laughs> I, I appreciate it i do i i appreciate that you like our show but i i show i listen to audiobooks and and that's how I take in information. I'll make a note on my phone if it's something really important. I genuinely could not tell you anything about what I listened to off the top of my <laughs> head. It's if, you, if before the show, if you were to be like, "Hey Tyler, you just you just listened to the entire Frank Herbert um, audiobook. Mm-hmm. Name something that Frank Herbert did." I'd be like, "I don't know. He was born." He, uh, something happened. He wrote books and and stuff. Like, that's it. That's all I could really spill out. But the second I sit down with Hannah, Hannah has this hugely comprehensive outline that she's written up. And it's like beginning of life, you know, A, point A, and then yeah. point 1A, and then point, you know, like she, it's highly comprehensive. People don't understand the she's amount of work ready. she does. Yeah. So the second that I see that, I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember that from the book now. See, but your recall, that's part of your intelligence is the fact like she can she can say that and that's why you guys work so good as a pair. Is she has so. this outline and you're just like I'm just going to come into it and I, <laughs> everything will go great and it does. It goes great. But she'll be like, "Yeah, this happened." And immediately you play off of that. And you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember reading that and and this is what, you know, what that encompassed and entailed and like that's so I think that's intelligence all in of its own, you know, intelligence isn't measured by your ability to recall immediately or like write things down, yeah. at least to me, because I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same as you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am, I am weird. I think it's just an ADD brain. I have to have a jumping point for, for any knowledge to come out. Yes, and I think exactly. that's why I like D&D so much because the knowledge that I have comes with that. It, it comes with an, an active source, right? So yeah. when when somebody, if so, like the the big thing when I was running a game with some friends and family, we had someone who played an assassin, um, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of the opposite. Uh, I ended up killing her her character um, because she was an assassin, but she thought she was a frontline fighter. And she ran into this room and just started fighting like four creatures that it was going to be a deadly encounter for the five of them. She by herself is not going to do well. And the whole time I'm coaching her through it. And I mean, they're level like four or five at this point. She should already know. She's like, well, do I get this? I was like, you don't get sneak attack. There's, you're the one being, 
you know, rushed. <laughs> you were alone. Yeah. You only get sneak attack if you get advantage or your friends are there. And she's like, how do you know all this? I should know. And I'm like, yeah, you should know all this. I only know it when <laughs> I'm like, when it's happening right now. Um, yeah. You know, so like that, it engages that part of my brain of, of, of all that. Um, so I, I think that's why that's that I like that process of kind of puzzle piecing it together. Anyway, we were talking about you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I think like we talked about before we actually started like doing the show is I think we're both nerding out a little bit here because I'm super stoked that I'm on your show. So I'm like, I want to know, you know, I wanna compliment the way that you do things. I get to physically tell you on your show how much I enjoy what you do. Look, so I'm not going to say cool to me. I'm not going to say you owe me anything for you being on my show. I'm just saying I'm more than willing to show up to play D&D. If someone asks me to, dude, get, you you always have a, a place to stay here. If you ever come out to Utah, and you're always welcome on our show, I would love to have you on Crit I have, Seekers. I have that so on recording. Very much. The whole world yeah. will now know. Oh, please, please come and play with us. Oh man, <laughs> is that would it be amazing. is it possible to do a virtual? Now I'm just now we're just talking about this. Is it possible for me to virtually <laughs> join in for a session uh, or something? We've been looking at that. I was actually talking to Ben, the player that left uh, yesterday, because he's, you know, we're starting the live stream and he's like, he misses being part of it and we miss yeah. having him. And so we're we're looking into it because we want to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. Um, obviously, right now, we're, we're more focused on just doing our first stream and making sure it runs properly. But yes. as soon as that, as soon as we do that, that is the first priority I have is looking into that because I would love to be able to especially given the world situation right now, you know, with, with what's happening and, and people are kind of home and separated. Yeah. I want to be able to get my friends who, and people I know who I've been planning on having on the show forever, uh, in <laughs> and doing it. And yeah. so that would be, that would be one thing that I really want to get figured out. So you will be one of the first to get that answer as soon as I can get it working. Cause Twitch is my new hurdle. Uh, yeah. live streaming is exactly like how I did audio engineering. I just, know nothing. And so I'm jumping in. <laughs> yeah. You just got to start and see where it takes you. I get that. Yeah. 100%. Um, so you, you read Lord of the Rings in, in elementary school. Um, yeah. so in middle school, I'm guessing you read Dante's Inferno and Plato's <laughs> society and oh uh, no no that was also elementary. School. Oh, okay. No, yeah. No. You, you know what? You're I forgot. Uh, <laughs> elementary school is a long time. You have a lot of time for that. I actually have not picked up uh, those pieces of literature, and I, I know a lot about them because I have plenty of friends who have, you know, read Dante's, and we we talk about it. Um, but I, I've never read it myself, and there's there's so many um, books and pieces of literature that I have wanted to read uh, in that nature, and I just haven't. Um, and I, you know, I, I blame myself. In recent times, reading has been uh, kind of like on the sidelines for me. I still do it usually nightly I, I try to read you know at least an hour a day mm. at, at the very least if i can um but there are days it doesn't happen and it, it sucks it's something that i'm i'm wanting to work on getting back into because life has just thrown me those curveballs that's made it difficult but i have a reading list that continues to grow and those are all on it and one day one day i'll get to the point where i have time to get through all of that but uh yeah, middle school for me was still that was like delving further into sci-fi and fantasy. I, I read a lot of Star Wars. I am a huge oh, okay. Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, so were you like yeah. gut punched when Disney did the whole like, nah, it's uh it's all legend now. At first, yes. 
Uh, and then when, you know, I realized, like, when they kind of started doing with, like, Clone Wars and, and Rebels, like, slowly bringing in those pieces of Legends and, like, yeah. you know, they made the comment of, like, it's not canon unless we say it's canon. And so now I find it really cool to just pick apart those pieces of, of uh, you know, film and, and TV and go, oh, they, they alluded to this. They brought it back. So, like, that piece of Legends is canon to me, even yeah. if it's not. Like, to yeah. me, I'm like, there it is. They said it it's real so i now i'm okay with it i was not at the beginning i know my wife uh, was my wife is very much into sci-fi that's her jam mm -hmm. and she read her favorite books growing up were the uh um han solo trilogy where you know him and leia end up getting married or something and then he ends up like owning a planet or something like that and yeah i believe that's what yeah yeah and she talks about that and then she she talks about like you know the uh in the books i, I this is not spoiler because it's not canon technically um <laughs> when like one of uh luke's kids kills chewbacca or something like that and i haven't yeah, read them they I crash don't... a moon into him it's, oh. uh, into a planet Okay, I was going to say, I think yeah. in the order of things is he'd be crashing into the moon, but you know what? No, no, no. they throw the moon at him. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah, they Thanos that. Um, and and so, like, she talks, she's like, yeah, I fucking hate that character because he killed Chewbacca. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I didn't, I just, like, growing up, it was just those three movies. And then uh, I think I was, like, maybe, like, 10, 12 years old when Phantom Menace came out and... I was like, yeah, Jar Jar Binks. I love that guy. <laughs> and then I grew up. I was like, yeah, Jar Jar Binks. I hate that guy. Yeah. And same. then I was the same way. And then someone came out with the Jar Jar Binks Sith Lord. And I was like, eh, Jar Jar Binks. I love that. I, and I, was, I love that theory. Dude, if that could have become canon, I, I think I would have uh, become a, a Star Wars fan for life. Like, yep. that would have been such a good move. But I feel like that's the the motto of uh, the saga trilogy is, man, if only they did this. <laughs> yeah, especially the new movies. I won't. Uh, I won't talk on that. I think just by my tone, you can tell how I feel. Yeah. But all the new content is great. Mandalorian is fucking amazing. Yeah, oh, man. man. Yeah. It, and it's hard because there's so much I do like about the new movies that I just like. It's like as a movie themselves, I'm. Eh. But there are points in them that I'm like, they're so, yeah. they're so good, you know? And so yeah. I, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. I, I go back and forth constantly. My heart is torn. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what was it that got you into Dungeons & Dragons then? Uh, my, my story is not super interesting, but it's kind of weird in the sense that it, um, I was when I was working at a coffee shop, and uh, a bunch of the coworkers and the manager were like, hey, we're starting a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Do you want to play with us? And even though I grew up a super nerd, you know, my childhood friends and I were in the backyard with swords pretending we were fighting armies of orcs. Like, yeah. But they said Dungeons and Dragons and my brain immediately went to the stereotype. And I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> no, I'll just I, go LARP in my backyard. Yeah, Thanks. I'm exactly. not some nerd like you. <laughs> but, but yeah, for some reason, like you know that that just what hit me immediately. And so they they started a campaign, and they would come into work, and they were telling stories about their game, and like you know getting all excited about what was happening. And I was like, okay, you, why, you know, tell me a little bit about. Like I don't really understand. I guess maybe I had the wrong opinion. 
and the the manager pulled out the player's handbook and said just read through you know look through the book if you see something interesting just re read a little bit you know this yeah. this is what making a character is like and i was like okay man i almost and feel like this is like like youth group like the bible like yeah, yeah just read through the book yes. if some <laughs> except satan yeah except satan. <laughs> i i let satan into my heart that day dude and, oh uh, man i'm so <laughs> excited for you to listen to the first episode of our show because we open up with that exact note it's so great oh man very nice i'm okay with that i'm so sorry if you can hear my dogs barking in the background someone is coming to the door and nah. they do that so you're, you're good man that no is problem happening. Um, but so I, I read through a little bit and I was like, okay, whoa, this is, this is crazy. This is, sounds really fun. I kind of want in on this. And so I just asked, I was like, can I come sit in on a session? Um, and I, I came and sat in and was just like enthralled with what was happening. Sure. And so I, you know, I made a character, I made, you know, like everyone's first D and D character. It was me in fantasy form. Yeah, you man. Know? And so I, I made a wizard and sat down for my first session and and it was that that first you know the stereotypical the dm looks at you and goes what do you want to do here mm. and i was like what what do you mean and they're like what how do you want to you know solve this situation how do you want to go about this situation and i was like like i just tell you and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah man it's like i don't okay and i told him and he's like okay i need you to roll for this and here's the, that stat and i rolled and I, like i succeeded and i was like Okay, wait. So you're telling me I can I can try to do anything that I want, anything that my imagination comes up with. Yeah. And you just tell me if it works or not. And he's like, Yeah. It's like, oh man, I, I'm going <laughs> in deep. This is how yeah. we go now. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that, is, that was it. That is such a. It, it, it's. I've actually been noticing something that I tr I've I've actually had to encourage my players uh -huh. to be more chaotic. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because I'll I'll introduce like the bad guy or something. And they're like, okay, I'm going to go up and hit him with my sword. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, hold up. I gave you a bag of magical items. How about you just yeah. look in the bag first? You know, like, exactly. I, I'm encouraging chaos because, for one, it's more fun to play. Two, it's way better audio for a, a podcast. And three, yeah. that should be like, the, the game should be more negotiable. negotiable. That's not how you say that word, but I'll get there one day. I think day. you're right. I think you're um, It should be yeah, more yeah. of a conversation of like, look, this is what I want to try and do. And I, maybe it's just me. And I'm again, I'm trying to be more improv and yes, and. And then I'm, I'm trying to be more conversational about what's happening and be a fan of my players. Do it. Like, yeah, okay, what yeah. do you want to do? Let me worry about what stat to try and make mm -hmm. that happen to justify it. You just tell me what you want to do. And and I know in the past when I was younger, we've had some crazy things happen where I had I had floating platforms at one point and and I had uh the group was fighting um uh a guy that was riding some griffins or he was riding a griffin and a pack of griffins were following him around and the griffins attacked and then he started to get away. So they all like like animal handled and then like Charmed the Griffin to turn and and be on their side, so they were flying away off yeah. of a, off on a Griffin. But one of the characters got left behind, so he he killed one of the Griffins and then ro rolled to create a wingsuit uh, because like out of the Griffin's wings and uh, and like so I was like, all right, man, do it. And he's like, okay, I do it. I was like, all right, now roll 
like a like a dexterity check to see if you can like quickly make this wingsuit. He's like, all yeah. right, I roll, and he rolls like a two, and <laughs> and I was like, okay. So here's the thing: not only do you fall <laughs> because you are falling. <laughs> But the wingsuit has now made you more aerodynamic and you're falling faster you're falling than faster. you generally would. And uh. and so then the group had to like stop and go down and save him from falling to his death. And it it, it became a fun story, even, you know, yeah. in that chaos. And that to me is what, what D D is all about. And I and I think it it takes a little while at the beginning for people to like understand that you can get that creative. Cause I mean it took our group, if you had heard us playing in the first campaign. Oh man, you, you, it's like such a, I feel like I use this phrase a lot in the podcast, but I love it a lot. It's a stark contrast to mm. what it is now. I mean, we were it, we were all like the exactly what you said, like, hey, I want to hit him with my sword. And then I was the one like describing everything. And, and it took a lot of encouragement of like, okay, I know you want to hit him with your sword. Tell me how you do that. Explain yeah. to me how you're visualizing your character doing this. And then they like took off and now their creativity, there are a few times where I'm like, oh, okay, I uh, wasn't prepared for that. Um, let me, yeah. you know, let me do this. And so now it's, it takes a little bit, but once that gets picked up, the things that people do, oh I, man. I think a, a DM's uh, search history on Google should be automatically like, like uh, blocked so that people don't have to look up how fast does acid melt someone's face <laughs> yeah the things that i have looked up oh yeah. man there, or just there's there's regular windows there's incognito windows and then there's dm windows and it's yeah it's it'll that needs to be a new google feature yeah man um something that i've i've heard before i don't remember where i heard this but i absolutely love uh love it and and i love the psychology behind it and i just want to get your opinion on it mm -hmm. if you listen to people and and i'm bringing this up because you said earlier you would listen to them talk about what they did and that's kind of what got you interested in it yeah when you listen to people talk about them playing dungeons and dragons they they generally will say we did this then we did that, then we did this, right? And and insert mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's never my character did this or the group did this, you know, like it that those do have places where they're like, yeah, so I did this and then my my character did this while his character did that. Like there is there is that in those conversations. But generally yeah. speaking, it's always we, like I am in that story. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that? Did, have you heard that before? Yeah, and that's actually um, one of the things that like propelled me to want to DM and and do this for the podcast is is I've seen like to me the psychology of that I, I see how storytelling um, and D and D in specific and like tabletop gaming and and role playing your character and their story um, has has helped people and like changed other people's lives mm -hmm. um and it, it can be on a small scale i'm not saying it's like this amazing thing but i you know yeah i am i am saying it is this amazing <laughs> thing because that's how i see it um i've seen it do that for people um and and it's it, they, i hear exactly what you just said where it's you know they're talking about the situation that happened as if they were the one to physically do it yeah and I think it's so cool that people are able to take these tabletop games and just, you know, sitting around a table with your friends, imagining what is happening. And yeah. it feels like you did it. You know, it that 
that is so cool to me and that's what got me to be what partly where why i'm doing what we're doing right now right and and so because of that we're able to tell a story that involves people and and i don't know it's it's so cool when you read a book you don't say oh yeah i read this book and in it i went and blew up the death star you're like no yeah. luke skywalker went and blew up the death star but mm-hmm. in D D, you can make the exact same story and you're like yeah i went and blew up the death star you know, and and because of mm-hmm. the way that that our brains work, it it's so much more immersive into that into that game. It's just figuring out those little nooks and crannies as a DM of like keeping that engagement going. Exactly, and that's a uh, that's a fun one to to figure out. But I think once you get that flow going, it's so rewarding to like yeah to watch them take a story and that's why i think i love uh you know dming and D as a an outlet of of creative writing is because yes i'm writing the overall story but i'm co-writing it with my table with my group and it's so rewarding for me to like put that story out there and be like here's my bit of it take it run with it write this story with me and and just seeing what comes back and it's it's amazing yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm trying to get rid of all these notifications that seem to be popping up like crazy all of a sudden. Because <laughs> unfortunately, I'm going to have recorded all of those. <laughs> People are going to listen to how incredibly popular I am. I'm not popular at all. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. I'm not. I'm not popular. People shouldn't yeah, me either. think it's that fine. at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So is there anything else you wanted to wanted to talk about while we're while we're hanging out and people are actually listening? Uh, yeah, uh, just the quick, like back, back to the, the, I mean, we, your podcast is about, about books. So yeah. I just, um, there, there's one that, uh, inspired a lot of this campaign, um, the setting that I'm running right now. And so I kind of just wanted to recommend it. Cause I know it's not a huge book. I know a lot of like, there's people who have read it. It's, it's out there, but I, when I tell other fantasy readers about it, most people have not heard of it. Right. And I mentioned to mentioned it to you briefly, and you had heard about it, but uh, it's called uh, Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was a lot of inspiration while I was, I was reading it while I was writing the setting and the like backdrop to the story of this campaign. And so it was a lot of inspiration for that. And to me, it's it's like, it's a fantasy book that is D&D written as a fantasy book. Right. Um, the writer takes uh, he has a lot takes a lot of like seventies rock inspiration and implements that into his fantasy writing as well. Like a lot of the characters and a lot of the the groups in the game are inspired by seventies rock bands. Yeah. Um, and he has a follow up to it called Bloody Rose that is takes place with some different characters, but then he goes into like eighties uh, music genres and implements them into the characters. And his next book's supposed to do nineties, and so. I mean, if so you're he's, he's a D&D doing a, fan an and X-Men thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I, I just wanted to throw that out there that like, if, if you're listening to this and you're like interested about uh, what inspired, if you listen to crit seekers and you're curious about what inspired like that setting, like read that series. Um, it, it's a big inspiration for me. And, and just, if you like fantasy reading in general, it's an amazing read. I loved it from start to finish. Um, but I mean, other than that, and that's, that's wild W Y L D correct. Yep, W Y L D. Yeah, just so people can be able to mm-hmm. uh, find that easier. Um, and <clears throat> I know, like, 
a lot of people said like Ready Player One was like reading someone playing a video game. Yeah. Is it is it kind of that that is that what you mean? It it doesn't feel that way is in the sense of like, you know, you're you're seeing like you're reading somebody rolling their stats and whatnot. It's just more the the general uh, setting of it and like the characters themselves feel like uh, a DM wrote his campaign as a book. Okay. To me, yeah. Um, which I mean, again, that's what you guys need to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we actually, uh, Katrina and Danny are uh, writing their own separate novels that are loosely based in our our world, and Dude, I'm that's... very excited for that. I've been kind of like um, co. Not co. I've I've been like a. Uh, they contact me when they have questions about the world and mm-hmm. trying to fit it into theirs because their their stories are a bit different. They're like, but they've taken the setting, the world Cania that I created and um, Feldspire, the continent that they're on right now, and are kind of implementing that into their own stories. And so it's it's kind of cool being you know contacting them about like the things that are in my world, but I can't fully spoil too much for them. Sure. So it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I know, um, I mean, it. <clears throat> the second we started doing our show, it was uh, with with myself and then one of our players, Britt, she also has another podcast, Contrivance Podcast. Oh. And um, so her and I immediately were like, all right, well, we need to merch the shit out of this. You know, we haven't even <laughs> released and we need T-shirts and stickers and all kinds of stuff. And so we started going oh, yeah. down that. Um, and then um, they actually don't know about this. Nobody knows about this except for the people that are working on it. I've actually been working with a uh, uh, a group of people. So I, I'm in a writer's group, uh, an amazing writer's group of really talented people. And and I contacted a few of them that I, that I trust and I know and I'm friends with to actually write backstory for some of the NPCs as well as historical happenings in my world. Um, yeah. And, and they're coming back so well done that I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to now publish a freaking anthology of like That's all the stuff once it's all together. So I got their permission and they're all pretty much ready to go. Some of them are like, all right, well, what, when am I going to see the paycheck? And I was like, when I see a yeah. fucking paycheck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, so like being able to kind of delegate that where it's like, okay, I have – I have major plot points already down. I know where I want specific things to go. But Mm -hmm. here's this info. Take that and you just write something. And then once they write it, then it will inspire this story even more because it's not just a major plot point. It is a part of the lore. Um, I was really excited when that started, you know, kind of being cultivated. Um, So I think it's I think it's a really cool idea of taking a and d campaign you know, first step, let's, let's make a podcast. And, and then the next step you can do one of a couple ways. Like you guys are going that live stream, you know, I'm really interested in providing lore books and, and things that people can Mm -hmm. read and, and, you know, and add to that world. So I'm, it's really fun to see all the different avenues that people can take with stories that are being told. Yeah. And it's such a a growing uh, community and world that like they're, are so many different things happening and so many talented people in it that I'm excited to see where it talented. all goes and where everybody goes with this. Talented. Talented. Exactly. Ah, see? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. If you uh, don't know what we're laughing about, go watch the show. Go, Yeah, go check it out and you'll understand. 
Oh, man. Yeah, seriously, uh, Mason, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me. It was so cool to, to just of chat. Of course. Um, Agreed. Thank you for having me. And, and being able to to listen to somebody's show and then and then have them on, I mean, it's it's great. I'm I'm still waiting for you to ask me to roll a twenty because I hear your voice, you know, always being like, <laughs> "All right, roll roll a check for that." I mean, if you have a d twenty, we can uh, we can end your show with you uh, giving me a roll. I don't. In this Ugh. in this studio, I have some out in my office somewhere. Yeah. Oh, my editor's bringing me one. Yay! Ha <laughs> ha. One of my uh, one of my glow in the dark ones. Ooh, I need some glow in the dark ones. I don't have any glow in the dark yet. I, I mean, have too many dice though. In what world do you stop. roll in the dark though? <laughs> hey, you never know. Sometimes just ambience. That know? would be an interesting concept: is to play in the dark so you only get the podcast feel, right? So everyone's in the dark, right? Nobody can see yeah. anything, so it's just your voice, and then you roll with glow in the dark uh, dice. Ooh. I like that. That would be interesting. That would be. I'd have to do that to them sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So Mason, anything else that you wanted to talk about uh, on the show? Uh, No, just like if you, if anyone listening to this had any interest or like intrigued by what's happening, we're just starting our live stream and we're, we're really hoping to get people in there to, you know, give us some uh, feedback. Tell us how it is. This is all new to us and we're really excited to tell our story for other people and, now have you guys see our faces which is even more fun because you can kind of see the emotion behind some of the things the players are doing and that's yeah. what i'm most excited for so just come check us out and hang out and even if you don't like it tell us why you didn't like it and we can you know make <laughs> Try some changes and get better. So, yeah that's yeah. the whole point right is to get a little bit better and yeah seriously if you guys are are interested in checking out mason's show um crit seekers can be found anywhere right on on podcasts anything yeah, yeah, we are on um, most of the major podcasting apps, and if there's not one, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram because I will put it on there. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for anywhere we can put it. Um, but yeah, twi- Twitch.tv slash CritSeekers is where we'll be um, when we're streaming. So yeah, so support support indie creators. Uh, I mean, Critical Role is great and all, but they made eleven million dollars in four days. So. You know, yeah. go support I want other people. <laughs> we could make so much merch with that. Yeah. You know how many <laughs> books I could produce? Oh man. Um so yeah, so so Mason, as we close the show, uh what am I rolling for? Well, I think that based off of, you know, what what you do here and it it seems only right to have you uh to make a let's see, an, an intelligence saving throw for me to uh, end this show the right way. Do I have proficiency? Do I have a modifier? You are you, sir, are proficient in intelligence. You we'll give you a 20. So you got a plus 5 mod to your intelligence. Oh shit, I'm fucking Einstein, bro. And roll with advantage, my friend. Oh, I get advantage. Oh, this is great. All right, let's see. 11 <clears throat> And eight, so eleven plus five, so that's sixteen. So sixteen. I mean, that's a success in my book. Uh, I think that a fail would be uh, ten. So uh, yeah, Here we hell go. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you.